Like, this is not, like, if you had asked me any other day of the week, but today, that's what I listen to. Oh, that's so, great. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. No. So, so if I were to die today, that's what that's what I would be ushered in with. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. This is episode 163. Zach, how's it going? Random words. <laughs> really? Andy? A whole bunch of stuff. You look sharp. I got haircut. Yeah. Again. And you, Jeff? Yeah, and uh, I'm fantastic. And Scott is AWOL once again. Oh, man. Hey, Zach, I didn't step on it this time. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, you got out. You hit the post, as they say in the industry. The That's what they I'm say. I'm told. So uh, right off the top, again, Scott's not here. We do have a special guest who I promised Scott would have some challenging rebuts to almost anything that our guests would say tonight. I mean, Scott can find a way. Scott's like life when it comes to theology. It doesn't matter if, if he actually agrees or disagrees. He'll find a way to disagree. I'll try to channel Scott a little bit tonight. He sent me some notes. Yeah, Scott's conviction, notes. Scott's conviction for our uh, kind of Christian drinking beer podcast is, is it's weakening. Right, I, I don't think he's using the force at all. That's that's for sure. So apologies, or Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is when I wish I could do a really good Jeff Goldblum impression. Ah, uh, I ah. Uh. <laughs> that's, that's about a, all I could that's do. A good, <laughs> that's a good start. Uh, well, we have Bros Joshua Bibles and beer. <laughs> the pause is golden. <laughs> Joshua Casey, is it? Do we call you Joshua? Josh. Dr. Josh Casey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Doctor right. of nothing. Josh works for me. Josh Casey, thanks for coming on. You've got a book and you've got a podcast and you've got a story. Those are all good things. One of my favorite yeah. titles of podcast, definitely. What is it again, uh, Josh? Drunk, drunk Church History. Drunk, drunk Church History. Drunk Church History. Oh my gosh, we're going to yep. have to spend some time talking about that. But uh, we have a little bit of a... a uh, a tradition that we do here before we get started any further josh uh we need to talk about what we're drinking tonight what are you drinking josh yes. does this I look am familiar drinking, it does yes it's what zach sent me nice i do not i do not have the label anymore or the note that you sent me anymore so what am i putting into myself here um this is right now it's christmas in april in california and so i sent you that gift it's a beer i made right before christmas it's a um it's kind of a reddish color, but it's a dark Christmas winter warmer mm. with maple syrup and nutmeg and cinnamon and all the good Christmas che spices. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Now, I welcome Cheers. honest opinions, Josh, and you guys, as this has been, it's been aging for a couple months now, which I think has improved it. I wasn't, well, I'll, you go ahead, Josh. Let's hear it. What's your beer review of this? It's called well, The Grinch's Grog. Uh, yeah, the Grinch's grog. I like it. And there's only two ratings. Do you love it hard or do you love it so hard? I love it so hard. <laughs> no, this is this is good shit, man. Um, it's uh, I actually I couldn't remember what it was, and so my my first thought was um something like a like a a black wheat or sort of like a, a Dunkelweizen type thing because it's got it's it, it it has that um really kind of complex care so like the i think the aging probably does that because it's it's really smooth and um i don't know what percent it was when you when uh you bottled it but um 
it does not come across as being like overly boozy. It's allegedly which close, could make it dangerous. Close to eight, so it is yeah. in the dangerous category for Whoa. sure. Yeah, it does not drink like an eight percent at all. That's that's fantastic. I, I it's a good it. time. Josh, every time Christmas comes around and Zach brings out the grog, I, it just makes me want to go crawl up in a little corner because it's just yeah. too strong for me. And I'm a little, I'm a little wussy when it comes when it comes to Zach's beers. We have found him in corners at Christmas parties, <laughs> just curled up in the fetal position. But it's good to hear. It does. I am enjoying it more. I think it was a little spice forward when I first when it first came out, and that is sort of like blending in now, which is good. Yeah. And I'll still I'll hold a few bottles till next Christmas. Um, Ooh, fun! But it'll be good. It's I'm, good. It avoids that um that weird typical like overarching homebrew flavor that finds its way into most homebrews. You know what I'm kind of talking about? I, it's hard to describe. Yeah, well, th- that's usually like an oxidation Oxygen. issue or yeah. something. Like in the process of brewing, it it lends itself to weird flavors, which I've done that too. Yeah, I'm just saying this one isn't seeming like it's falling into that category. That's good. That's a compliment. I'll take it. So I uh, I work technically for two breweries, and uh, the one that I work part time for um, over the winter, I brewed. I we they do a staff brew, so it's like a you know basically the, basically a half barrel, so like the size of a keg is all you're doing. And um, I did I did a winter warmer, and um, I think I went a little too hard on the spices as well. And so I'm wonder. I feel like, I mean, it didn't last long enough. So people liked it, but right. um, I, I feel like it, w- it would have been cool to bottle maybe one of them and just let it sit for a while and see yeah. if it mature, matured a bit. Um, but it was, it kind of was the same thing where it didn't drink like it was, you know, eight, 9%. So good mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. That's, do people like it? That's the right. Do you, you want to drink it? Yeah. And are you drunk? <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the things you I noticed you do on Drunk Church History is you have for each episode there's a keyword or if a topic comes up you, you it's like the drinking game. You take a, a sip. Mm-hmm. And so in honor of that tonight. Oh yeah, do we want to do this? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, we we have one which if we use if we use this word then um we might all be in trouble by the end of this podcast. It's the word, um, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Oh, for God's sake. Man, it's so hard to edit that shit out of mine. I, I, do you yeah, do that? It's, it was, been bad. oh, it's been bad. And I've, I've really struggled to not do that so much anymore. And, and that's I still good. do it a lot. Well, that's not the I word. Have. So <laughs> you're safe. It's okay. Ooh, you're and in a with, safe yeah, place. And I'm with you as I use the word and so does Zach uh, because I pointed it out and then I realized I actually used it more than him and that was the word like. You know, like uh, and like. Yeah. And, uh-huh. You know, like I'm going to go to the bathroom. not just for millennials right? anymore. From California. The <laughs> <laughs> on Yeah. Uh, okay. The word the word for tonight is community. Yes. All right. So any uh, anytime anyone says community, yeah. and if we catch you trying to avoid saying the word community because you don't want to drink, then that counts also. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, when we the first couple episodes of that of that uh, show, we used actual like liquor oh. while we were drinking beers, and so we got smashed, oh, and wow. it was bad. Dude. It was bad news. Um, yeah, that was like that was like. That was the last time I threw up after drinking was recording that show. <laughs> I've been clean since then because we were like, maybe we should just take a sip of the drink we're already working on. That's do you feel a, that's that a safer bet? Do you feel that tinge of embarrassment? I, it's been a while since I threw up from alcohol, but I've done that plenty of times. Uh, oh yeah, and, and every time it's like I am too old for this shit. What 
Like I did not need those last two of whatever it was. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yep, exactly. That's that's for sure. No, and as you get older, what you get to look forward to is um, breaking blood vessels in your face because you're yelling (laughs) "blarg" into the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And when it's when it's hard enough, there's an actual (laughs) thought bubble that appears above your head. (laughs) Not that that happened to me. All right, can uh, can we get can we get to know Josh here? I would yeah, like to get sure. to know Josh. But I'd, ne- I want to step we were, on the pedal. Since we were just on the podcast, though, um, Josh, you do a little post production for Dr- Drunk Church History, correct? There's like these little sound bites you put in there that uh-huh. aren't live, I don't think. No, but no, no. Did you? How much editing do you do besides inserting those sound bites, which is time consuming? Uh, <laughs> how much editing, like cutting? I used to. I this is cool. This Listeners thing. really want to know about post production. I know. Let's I know. get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, the thing is, I'm not. I'm not a very good editor. Um, I I've gotten a little bit better at it, but so I, the show we try to keep it around an hour to an hour and a quarter. Who that is the door locked? Just a second. I think I may have locked the back door. My wife is outside. Oh, great. There's a pizza guy oh. there. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, let's keep this going. Yeah. Um. You know, Andy. You know, I beg your forgiveness, but some listeners want to know how the sausage is made. Well, I, Sorry, you know, I if it's, are you recording at 16 bit 44 or are you, are you taking it to the next level? Was that a Michaela cameo? That was a Michaela cameo. Nice. My beloved smog. Smog. I read that smog. She's known as smog in the community or amongst friends or just like the dragon. Oh, I got to take it. Like the yes. dragon smog. Wow. I did. Oh, yeah. I, oh, community. Shit, I did say community. Jeez, you guys I mean, just yes, doubled, uh, tripled we, up there. I'm just drinking. We call her we call her Smog because uh, well, I started calling her that because she's she's really big into the the Enneagram. I'm not so much into astrology, but but she loves it. So, um, <laughs> nice. She's, and she's in the Enneagram. She's a, 16, a she's an eight. An eight. Exactly. <laughs> she's an eight and um and terrifies me and I, I have a holy fear of her and uh-huh. so I and I at one point um we had this like board right next to our front door where you could just put the letters up and stuff and and i put a quote from the hobbit that said never laugh at life dragons yeah and which is what bilbo says about smog and then right. i was like oh that's michaela and my dog is whining so i'm gonna it, stop one okay. more time it's, it's all right don't it's worry real about life it. we don't edit we we take it warts and that's, all because our all right, well enjoy that's the reality that's our that's our pandemic dog callie we got her last year she's been with us officially a year now <laughs> oh, oh wow so you might keep her I guess so. Yeah, that's about how long it took us to decide on our kids too. <laughs> that's good. You got to give give them a spin, see if they're worth it. Okay, exactly. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious though um, on the Drunk Church, Church History podcast. So, uh, when did you start that, and what what kicked that off? What made you want to start that podcast? Uh, we started it. We recorded our first episodes late, late 2019, and then started publishing them early 2020 and then we did pretty good about every other week publishing one for the majority of the year and then things just you know you know how it went things kind of slowed down and so we or um this year we're starting we're, we're trying to do something different and, and do like a, an extended series on one topic and kind of covering it throughout the breadth of church of church yeah. history and so so that's kind of changing the production schedule a little bit and I'm, I'm willing to let there be a little bit more time in between each episode but that's cool but why uh, did the, you get started? Why did you choose so to do that? Concept, yeah. So the okay, I I can't I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're really This is where we cue Jeff Goldblum. It sounds like a baby dinosaur <laughs> in the back. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> There's a dinosaur. Uh, what most people uh, don't know. Uh, your, your Jeff is like my, uh, oh, what's his face? Nick Cage. All I get, all I have is, yeah, that was, yeah. That was funny. We're like, the, no, the dog's fine. I'm like, this dog is not fine. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So the idea for the uh, podcast. So when I was in campus ministry, a lot of times students would be, would be over late into the night and we would be sitting up, you know, sharing a couple beers and, and talking and inevitably the topic, you know, the talk would turn to, to church and, and faith and, and various things surrounding that. And I am a, a huge lover and fan of history. And so I would inevitably say, oh, well, you know, like we do this because of this and this and this. And they're like, wait, really? I'm like, yeah. And then that goes back to this. And that goes back to this guy who's this dead guy who said this. And they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And it it was amazing to me how when you were talking about actual stories of actual people who lived and like what they experienced, and then when you could then mash that to something that was going on in their lives, how history itself came alive. and, and, And that plays into my you know, strong, probably the only religion I'm a part of anymore is the religion of story. And so, um, that, that really to me showed how powerful stories are and, and, and how a lot of times those conversations tend to happen around a pint. And, and so that was kind Mm -hmm. of the, the thing. And plus, honestly, the, uh, the, the drunk side of it, the, the joke of it, we say at some point, is that uh, as the alcohol intake goes up, the accuracy goes down. Yeah, I like and, that. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is an out for me to not have to research too hard. I can be like, <laughs> eh, you know, we were drinking, so we're I'm not a... Yeah, I'm not a scholar, you know. So that was that was part of the, the idea there. Okay, and it's not the same format exactly, but I imagine that you took some some inspiration from Drunk History... Yes. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love that show. Um, the the real challenging thing of it, as I was kind of attempting the first first things before we started recording, was how do you make this interesting when you can't cut to some famous actor <laughs> oh, in right. period in in period dress, <laughs> lip singing, lips like yeah. saying whatever the person is drunkenly <laughs> trying to say. Right. right. Which is an amazing so, feature of that show. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic, and it just absolutely does not work in an audio-only format. And so that was part of where I got the idea of, of throwing in casual references. Plus, all my friendships are pretty much made up of quotes, like we just quote movies back and forth. So so that was part of it as well, was just like, oh, well, th- this reminds me of this quote. Normally, I would just say it if I was with a friend, so I'm just going to throw it in there. And, and so that was kind of how the production itself s- started to show up. That's cool. So side note, you're a big movie guy? Yes. Favorite movie? Uh, man, that see, that's a hard one to ask. Favorite uh, comedy? Oh shit! Um, see, I don't watch a lot of co- movie comedies because I watch TV. So, Community to me is the best TV yeah. show that's ever existed. Um, Parks and Rec like, follows closely. You probably like Scrubs and Rick and Morty as well. <laughs> I love Rick and Morty. I've never actually watched Scrubs all the way through. I know. Well, that's I just kind of because the, yeah. the last season or two suck. But <laughs> uh, the fir- I mean, it's crazy. We. Andy started watching it again and then I started watching it again. It's, you know, it's the palate cleanser at the end of the night after I make my wife watch something dark and depressing. Like we got to (laughs) watch something with levity and scrubs is great. And it's just going back to that first season. And and you told me the first three are in like letterbox four by three aspect ratio, which is like, it drives me nuts. But going back 
enough time has passed. There's like nostalgia to that era. Uh So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of Parks and Rec for us. Oh, yeah, it's great. Parks and Rec is great. We've been trying to get Jeff to watch that because uh, Mr. Swanson, Ron Swanson, is a great, uh, maybe one of the best TV characters, and you would love him. So again, Jeff, it's time. I love how when I ask a guest a question, you just find a way to talk about Scrubs again. (laughs) (laughs) It's the community we're Um, a part of. Oh! oh, Hey! It's not fair. I won't do that again. so maybe one other thing I, that, I would like way. to you say. Said community. Wait, wait. We all own, we oh, all own another drink because he said the show community. So we all own another drink. Oh, I did. That's true. So maybe one last thing. Something that's been very important to us in that show was trying to bring to light stories that, that oftentimes are overlooked. And so we've, we've made a big effort to have back when we were kind of initially doing uh, just indiv- stories of individual people we tried very hard to have it be every other one, female and male, female and male. And so like you just, this way it's not just, oh, we're just going to tell all the church fathers. Well, instead let's actually tell, you know, Hildegard of Bingen and Teresa of Avila and, and, and Mechdild of Magdeburg and stuff like that. And so that was really helpful. Uh, and then now as we've kind of moved into other, other directions, we're trying to have, uh, make sure that we have the same sort of parody with guests that come on and that it's not just a bunch of, bearded white dudes like us that um yeah mm, all so. of us anyway that's a that's an important thing coming from you know a, a bearded white dude i think to say, to say about it yeah and plus all the guys in church history like most people well if you don't know about them you've at least heard their names it mm-hmm. it's definitely that history is written by the victors type of a thing where a lot of time has been dedicated to people we all know and so illuminating some some uh, some of the the church, some of the mothers of the church. Is, You're right. It's written by the victors. Well, Zach, you should keep winning. Bunch of guys named Maybe Victor. they should win. Bunch of yeah, guys you named, should yeah. keep winning, Zach. Dude's named Victor. Uh, okay, so uh, I did have one question about that, too, which is mm-hmm. um, I had a chance to listen to a couple of episodes, and, and, I, and I like the concept. I think it's cool. But what would, what would you say... And it's, this is kind of outside of even the uh, the podcast itself. But why why does it matter for the modern Christian to know about church history? Why is that important? <laughs> that is that is the question. We actually had an episode called "Why Church History." Um, so I think that it's important, particularly in the West, which are the people that are going to listen to this, because so much of our culture has been shaped by the trajectory of the church. For good and for bad, uh, and I, I, t- I am more and more arguing mostly for bad, but I think that there is good in there, and uh, you know I think that there there's actually strong evidence to suggest that even our actual psychology, the way that our brains have have actually evolutionary develop evolutionarily developed over the last like fifteen hundred years, has a lot to do with the the programs that the church put in place and the way that it it completely obliterated the the sort of tribal cultures that were part of particularly the West and then how that was then exported to America and then the global South after that. And so I think knowing where we've come from and and hearing oftentimes dissenting voices from the midst of that sort of hegemony is important to be able to understand not only, well, this is this kind of explains how we got here and here are the people who have been sticking up against it for a better way throughout and we still remember them because what they did what they said was important it still resonates 
And, and, and so, yeah, I think that having con, I think context is important. And, yeah. and so part of that is giving context to the, the world that we find ourselves in. That's good. I mean, I know a lot of, this is anecdotal, but I think it's true for a lot of Christians. They seem to look at like biblical scholarship or biblical scholarship maybe ending after John Calvin. And now there's like, <laughs> or, or, and then we, or before him, Augustine and what, how he drew from Augustine, correct me if any of this is wrong. Um, and did you do an episode on Augustine? No, we haven't yet. That's like that. I didn't oh, think man. so. That's, that's a beast that I just it haven't a quite beast. And been brave enough to attack. Did. But like original sin and like all a lot of heady stuff mm-hmm. that we just assume are ironclad biblical truths. Turns out we get them from guys who interpreted scripture a certain way mm-hmm. for very human reasons with Augustine. Um, the rumor is he thought if Adam, Adam could control his erection yeah. before the fall <laughs> because he struggled with um, unwanted erections because of his dad taking him certain places and seeing certain things. Uh, yep. Very human things that he was fighting against and battling that filtered his interpretation of scripture. I didn't which know he was into politics. He was into politics. <laughs> 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 so anyway, yeah, that, it's, that part of it yeah, is great. Context, context matters and, and the history of the people who created that context matters. And, I mean, it just it's just... I mean, it's kind of, it's like context all the way down. And I think that the more that you can flesh that out, the better you can understand how we got to where we are. And, I, you know, I mean, to, to, to briefly touch on the kind of the political environment we've been in, so much of that has to do with, you know, traditions that I came from, like the, these early 19th century revival, second great awakening kind of frontier traditions that it's these, these people who were meeting in these like tents in the middle of Kentucky, you know, and, and some of them were, were super, super desiring to go back to the, you know, quote unquote, go back to the primitive church. And as though that were just a good thing that we mm-hmm. should do and that the way to do that, therefore, is to get back to the original Greek text. Other people were, you know, saying like, well, we should let the spirit move and we're going to have holy laughter and, and all this kind of like in these tent revival meetings and, and how you can trace that, that kind of, evangelical movement through the 19th into the 20th century and you see where we end up with the you know the evangelical church as it is and and i think people just don't know that um you know i i yeah i think the something you mentioned brings to mind of how you said you know let's go back to like the original text uh it's almost like we we've got this so messed up (laughs) let's go back to the fundamentals of right It's like uh, like I played golf all my life. It's like when things get screwy, I, I'm like, okay, I need to go back to this basic swing. I need to go back mm-hmm. to kind of my roots. And as you say that, it's like we we never have it figured out. We we think yeah. we have it figured out. We think we have God mm-hmm. figured out. We think we have the Bible, the interpretations. We've got everything's figured out. And it's like we keep going down the path. And it's like, okay, is it that we want to have it figured out or... Or, or I don't know, can you answer that question? Do you have an <laughs> I answer, can answer for everything, that? Yeah, yes. Josh, why don't we have all of Christianity figured <laughs> no, no, out? No, Go I, ahead. I don't mean that, but what is Let it? But what do you think it is in us? And if you look through history, what is it in us that we're constantly kind of striving to like maybe put things in boxes and get things right? And any comments on that? 
I mean, I think that we're always trying to make things. We we always think that the way the way to making everything better is very clear and easy. And if we would just do these things, if we could just go back, to, you know, it's like it's like Jack or whatever his name is from Lost. Like we have to go back. Like if you just go back, right? right. And um, and, and you can you can get back far enough where things weren't messed up and we can start from there again and we can just skip everything that's happened. And I think that, that that's the, the big thing that fundamentalist movements in particular and, and just revivalist movements tend to do is they, they think that you can skip everything that's happened in between and just, we're going to take these principles, these, these, we're going to abstract these ideas from their original context, put them in today into today and just run with that as though these things haven't occurred and shaped us to how we are. As I said, like our actual psychology and our brains have changed because of the last 1500 years, 2000 years. Mm -hmm. You can't pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and that happens in lots of other ways too. I mean, like even fast forward to today, we know that uh, Google, for example, has rewired um, people's brains and how they learn. Yeah. If you, if you simply think about the way that we, we don't like, we don't sit and, and, and try to figure out a problem anymore. Instead, we just Google it. Like we will search mm-hmm. for the answer rather than trying to like work it out on our own. And scientists have shown that, that it's like literally like rewiring synapses in our brains uh-huh. on how we learn, um, which is kind of effing up a lot of people. Honestly, I think it's, it's not helpful in that way. Yeah. We have like a. Yeah, I think synapses world. are not connecting anymore. Yeah. They're, they're well, connected in a very different way, and we're, yeah, we're missing things. But um, yeah, but we are humans, and and something that you kind of mentioned, like, or maybe an answer to your question there, Jeff, is as humans, like we we gravitate towards and look for patterns. Like we can't help mm-hmm. that. That's, that is a biological, like, sure thing thing that we have. So patterns that uh, support our existence period like we lock in yeah. patterns and and so and so we we are like wired to see patterns and and it seems reasonable to imagine that we would that would extend to how we try to interpret the spiritual world world as well right mm-hmm. for sure well and we always think that we can we we have this just this deep deep unending desire to make sense of the world around us and as that has taken shape over the course of human history, that's moved from simply trying to follow the seasons to, to then having a class of people who can tell you how to follow the seasons to like actually having an entire branch of, of thought called theology, which is supposed to be some way of making sense of something that you can't even prove exists. So we have all this spilt ink and time and thought on something that we, you, you absolutely cannot prove to me with, with anything close to scientific accuracy that God exists. And yet we're going to spend all this time and this thought um, discussing the things that this God that we can't prove exists wants. Right. And so I think that and so it's just us trying to make, I mean, I think Zach, I, I texted you today, like theology is just whistling in the dark. Like we're just, we're terrified of the fact that none of us gets out of here alive and we're trying to make sense of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and just for full disclosure, just to more how the sausage is made, uh, when I was texting with Josh, I, I told him that Scott's theology was shitty and and that he, <laughs> he would probably have gotcha questions for for Josh. And then and then God spoke to Scott sometime today. He's like, Scott, do not show up. You're going. Scott, to Scott, <laughs> Scott texted us. My ears yeah. are ringing. Well, no, but I told him. In I told him though. To be fair, he would say the same about me. Yeah. And I, I'm a little bit of on an island. I'm not being dramatic. Like these guys probably disagree with me a bunch about 
that type of stuff. But then you replied, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it's a version of what you just said about what theology is. And I don't know if you want to say that again. Yeah, just that, uh, I mean, theology is, all theology is shitty theology because we're all just whistling in the dark. Right. Doesn't mean we don't try. Yeah, it doesn't mean we don't try. It doesn't mean we don't engage. It doesn't mean we don't don't try to make sense of the world. But it, it does mean that if you're coming to it with anything less than in my opinion, I should say, if you're coming to it with anything with anything less than than a, a pure sense of apophatic unknowing, like about what it is you're dealing with, then then you're not you're not you're like you're starting off on the wrong foot. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would uh, I would like soften it a little bit just to just to say it's probably a good place to to approach theology with. Uh, I'm not going to get it all, but but it's reasonable to hope that I would get some of it. Right. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think so. I th- And I think the thing that we have to be careful of is that, as I was saying, context and history matter. And so the sum that you're going, like the, the, the you know, tiny little piece of God's bud as he passes by when you're hiding in the, hiding in the side <laughs> of the, the mountain is going to be right. like, it's going to be so small and that vision itself is going to be filtered through your own life and your culture mm-hmm. and your, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, which is the name of this someone else, uh, episode, by the way, a tiny piece of God's butt. <laughs> I think so. Bad. That seems fair. <laughs> well, I, I like it. Uh, the fact that you're talking about patterns, like we create patterns and we look through history and try to find them. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you look through the Bible, you look through church, just in general, looking through church um, we're doing the exact same thing that we always do. Uh, I shouldn't say, I'm not going to lump myself in on this, but there's this thought of like going through this past year, there's been this great challenge. There's going to be this great revival. You know, it's going to be like so many people are coming to, to Jesus. And, and it's this, it's been, we're, it's like, it's like we've figured something out. There's this hope. I mean, it's good to have hope. Hope is one mm-hmm. thing. But it, we're into the pattern of, okay, we're coming back. Like Jesus rose again. You know, it's there's a <laughs> there's a pattern to what's going on right now that I think you can probably look back in history, and it's just it's repeated over and over and over yep. and over again. And we're gonna mess it all up, and that's fine. <laughs> and maybe we'll use it as our fuel. Maybe it's church's fuel that that gets things going, but I think history is repeating itself right now. And well, is that, is that just the way of the world though? It's not a bad thing. I mean, is there, there will always be a conflict to overcome. Yes. And so it's, we can choose to frame it how we want to. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm speechless. Hold on. Hold on. Andy's trapping Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to be here for this. Yeah. yeah, there, (laughs) There is a, Yes, it is the world, but Christians, Christianity does it better than most by like everybody in the Christian world is like, it's this is going to, this pandemic, it's going to be create the great revival uh, and we're going to capture so many new uh, Christians and it's going to be amazing. Like, Maybe. I haven't heard that yet. But. Uh, I've heard it over and over on from pastors and podcasts, yeah. and it, it's the driving force. And and I don't know if Which it's... might be true. And I don't know if 
if pastors feel like I've lost big chunks of my church, we need to get out ahead of this. And they I'm have, like, we got bills I'm like, to pay. They have the, I'm the, like, the numbers support that. Yeah. I'm like, you're behind. You're not ahead of it. Yeah. You're behind. So uh, I yeah. think they're using like, okay, we've got the three, two pitch with two outs. We're going to hit that home run. And that's what they're putting their hopes in. I'm like, well, this is just, just get in community and live life. Well, let's all drink to that. Hey, dang it! By the way, we've mm. made our way onto the Pliny the Elder, which is what we're enjoying. Ooh, right nice! Now. That's good. That is good shit. I know. Sorry that we're rubbing this in your face, Josh. We didn't. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. It's all right. We could have no. Bevmo delivered one to you, but as I, we're not taking <laughs> sponsors yet. So, yeah, that's <laughs> Russian fair. River. As, as I said, I. <laughs> I work for I work for two breweries, so I have a lot of free beer, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, nice. then fuck you, man. Where's our beer? <laughs> I know, I know, right? You worked have to send or you worked. Some. Work. So I uh, I had previously been doing oh. the whole uh, fixing Starbucks machines with a couple of the pastors. Yeah, and, the uh, and yeah, and um, what? Yeah, and polys. And no, I've been poly, wanting to get. Poly. Oh. The polygamists? I thought they were like yes, the polygamists. Oh, yeah. Polyamorous. It could have. Sorry, polyamorous. It could have gone either yeah. way. I, it was a whole. It's a whole whole thing there. Um, <laughs> Everything. No, that was I've been said doing that for a couple true. years. <laughs> yeah, it's still true. It's just you know st- spelling matters, yeah, I guess. But, right. Um, I had been trying to get to the brew. There's a really good brewing scene here in Bloomington. Um, for being a small town, we've got five, six breweries, and a couple of them have have been here for quite a while and are very successful. And so. I've been trying to get in since I got here and finally had the opportunity uh, to, to do that. It's just, it's tough to get in at the bottom like that mm-hmm. when you're trying to support a family and yeah. right. you're on one, you're on one income. But um, my wife graduates or finishes her, her graduate degree this May. And so we were like, well, we can probably float for a couple months so you can take the opportunity to do this. And so that's what awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's take this. That's a good transition. Let's get into you, Josh. Uh, you wait. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, uh thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay, I was gonna guess. Don't feel bad. Jesus, Zach. How could you ask his age? Hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm used to being guessed quite a bit younger, so I'm I'm happy to be considered older. Now, would you consider yourself an old soul? Oh man, for sure. I haven't hit, I'm not going to hit my stride till I'm 60. What's your spiritual age right now? <laughs> uh, my spiritual age is 60. I'm hoping to just stay in that range until I get there. What's your, let's, let's mix metaphors. What's your spiritual age on the Enneagram? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't actually get that. Uh, quick backtrack. If you were to practice astrology, what is your astrological number? My astrological number? number is a four on the Enneagram with a five oh. wing. <laughs> four with a five wing. That's yeah. awesome. I have no idea what that Me means. neither. Anyway, I'm a I Christian. Think Jeff is definitely a two. Nope, a seven. I just tell, I just tell my wife that I'm a person, and she's like, "That's what a four would say." <laughs> so four of you. <laughs> uh, but you're you consider yourself an old soul. This was gonna be my gotcha question, but you already passed because you wrote a memoir ish, um, and you're not old. So the no. old soul part gives you a little bit of pass. Otherwise, well, I would think you're full He blown. identifies as 60, so he's That's fine. That's a good point, because everyone knows that... Yeah. Uh, what, what state are you in? 
Indiana. 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 Yeah. Indiana state uh, legislature passed a law like 50 or 100 years ago that at said least it, you can't write a memoir unless you're at least 75 years old. So I think so. Yeah. So if you weren't an no, old soul, uh, you're, you're definitely a narcissist. But um, that's, oh, yeah. What for gives sure. you the right to write a memoir? How about that? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, so. <laughs> And so, in fact, I, I tried to make sure that it was quite clear throughout that I found the whole thing preposterous and that I was mostly doing it for my health. So, like, one of the first lines in there is making fun of the fact that I'm, like, a, uh, I mean, I think my author bio says something about being white and bearded and, like, yeah. just doing things that guys in their 30s do. And then, uh, I, like, in the beginning, I talk about really knowing the struggle, you know, being a white, <laughs> cisgendered, hetero dude. <laughs> Struggle's you know, real, that, bro. It's so real, uh, you know, and then throughout the book, you know, there's all sorts of footnotes and shit that make, make fun of myself because I just, I can't take this. It's, it's, this is purely ther like self therapy is what it was. And so, I mean, you know, I, 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 it feels, I should say that I have, have been through some shit, but that being said, I know people that are younger than me that have been through more shit. And I'm like, well, I think your story should be told as well. And it'd be really cool if, if people could, if people had the opportunity to, to tell their story and, uh, to, Oh to, man, you got more yeah. shit than so, me. Shoot. I know. Right. <laughs> so, so what, what, what's your story? <laughs> uh, I mean, so in, in, like hit the, hit the dynamite. The, the reader's digest, not the, not the 300 page right. version. Um, yeah, that's the other part of it where it's like, who gives you the right to write a 300 some odd page book? I was impressed though. When I got the book, it's, it's, um, I don't know, a lot of books, it, I feel like the, the font is a little big, the spacing is good and they're just trying to like get to 200 pages. <laughs> um, right. this was an actual honest to goodness book with a lot of information and by, by the way, the pacing of it, like it took a minute to realize, but you're like interspersing church history and the church mm -hmm. calendar with your own story, kind of bouncing back and forth like a Tarantino movie or something like that, <laughs> uh, which, which was pretty cool. I, I thought that was a, a little bit of a differentiator for somebody uh, so young, daring to, to write a memoir. At least you, you, you knew what you're doing. You recognized it, and you're like, "How can I make this a little bit different?" Well, maybe we should rewind a little bit, but first, so like Josh, a Tarantino movie. Can you can you <laughs> can you kind of set the uh, set the table, so to speak? Like, what the hell is this book that you just wrote, and why did you write this book? Because I, I feel like we missed that kind of key piece there. Good. Yeah. So the what and the why uh, play into the the um, the why is goes goes to your answer about what is what is it about or what's the story that i felt yeah. i needed to tell so what uh the the title is um tracking desire a memoir-ish walk through faith failure and finding god under my feet um which i hope the subtitle itself sort of number one gives the hint that it's not just my story and then also shows the the general movement from from a certain place to another place so the the what is is this is this is a book that is is loosely structured loosely chronologically related to my my life um primarily growing up as a as a pastor's kid um who's actually twice over my my dad was a pastor um and he died when i was seven 
my mom remarried about a year later and then I, and then he was also a pastor and I, so I grew up in that kind of twice over and that mm. was, um, and he raised me, he is my dad and, and, you know, they had three more kids aside from, from my sister. And so, so I have, you know, I have one full-blooded sibling and three technically half siblings and, and a stepdad, but all, I mean, it's just, it is my family, you know, that, that sort of thing. It happened so young that it was just kind of, that's how that worked. And, and then I, I went to Bible college and, you know, my dad is still a pastor and I went, I burned through two different uh, campus ministries in about eight years. Um, Where'd you go to Bible college? I went to Bible college in, uh, in Missouri. It's called Ozark Christian College. So south, side note, do you like the Ozark series on Netflix? <laughs> I haven't watched it, and I love. Um, it's very biblical. Yeah, right. I think we need to stop the episode so you can go start like watching ba- this. I right? know. You like ba- you like I need. Gosh. I love Bateman. I yeah, I don't. Me and too. My wife watched it, and I just never got around. I'm just so bad at catching up on TV. What like, the heck, man? I, I've you need to I'm get re-watching- your priorities straight. I'm rewatching Community for like the fifteenth time, oh, and I've shoot. re and I rewatch Ocean's Eleven multiple times a year, but like I can't seem to get myself to watch Ozark. <laughs> so well, I don't know what's wrong with me. Replace Ocean's Eleven, which I don't know why you're watching that. You're wasting your time. So good, man. It's not it's a bad movie. Ensemble cast. Um, stop defending him, Zach. It's terrible. Anyway, let's derail ourselves here. <laughs> I will agree with Jeff. Okay, back. Though, when Ozark Jeff, is great. When Jeff says something's biblical, usually I'm like, is it? But when he <laughs> mentions ozark it is like old testament biblical yeah. my goodness that's i'm excited good and it's i mean that's the cult it's the part of the culture that i've been around my whole life whether you know so i'm interested in in in, in watching it. i just need to actually pull the trigger uh so so yeah so i went to, to ozark christian college and got a degree <laughs> that i found out later was worthless and <laughs> or it was it was it was, it was how, worthless in the sense later? that the people that Oh, uh, not not soon enough. They handed him the uh, diploma. And he's like, oh, oh shoot. Man. When those invoices <laughs> I know. started coming to pay off your uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Exactly, yeah. And that was a man. And it, it was funny was when I realized, oh, these people probably would have hired me if I had the skills that they, if I could prove I had the skills and didn't have to spend all that money to get that degree, they probably still would have hired mm-hmm. me and no one else will uh, hire me because I don't have it. And so it's like, oh, so this was literally pointless. Um, mm. And so, and, and the first campus ministry burnt out. Um, and and th- so this is going to take a massive like, that's fine. You know, like right. base notes now. But um, so I, I had a, a romantic relationship with one of my students um, in that first ministry. I was, I mean, not this isn't excuses. This is again context. It was like I was, you know, like twenty three, twenty four, barely like we had just barely been married for about a year. Um, and I honestly, I I wasn't ready to be married, much less to be in charge of other people, much less to be around people my same age and have like authority over them. And mm. I just did not handle it correctly. Mm. Um, and I and I, you know, it was like not just out on, you know, I wasn't like out on the prowl. It was like legitimately falling in love with someone. And that was what made it even more difficult. Mm. But, um, then the process of obviously losing that position when all that came to light and then the time in between and then the, the somehow getting the opportunity to try again. And, uh, Michaela smog, you know, just tenaciously holding on, um, through that process and through she that, didn't burn changing. your ass up. 
I mean, she wanted to, and she partially did, but Smog like withheld. Well, that was just yeah. She held on. Yeah, she held on. You know, and um, can we can we camp out yeah. here for for a minute? Is that, yeah, of course. Did I just use Christianese? Is that what they they say? Camp out. Non Christians like non Christians are able to camp as well. What? Don't co opt all of yeah. camping for just Christianity. <laughs> what, what? Damn, Zach. What? And I don't know. I'm sure Zach's on the same vein here, but what type of guilt before anybody's knowing anything are you feeling in the middle of all of this or Tons are of you guilt. oh okay okay yeah yeah T- tons so of you guilt. know you're I walking mean, was... down the wrong path and you're like oh what yeah am I for doing? sure yeah yeah no i i know it's wrong um and at the same time uh i I am in a relationship. I, I'm in a. I'm in a, a marriage in which, at that time, I mean, we we are incredibly opposite people. I mean, I just told you we're like. I'm a, yeah. If if you're an Enneagram person, you know the difference between a four and an eight is huge. It's like there's between a Type A personality and a like go go hide in your room and read a book and write a song personality. Like right. that's just. I mean, yeah. And if so, you were both, if you were both eights, she would have burned your ass completely. Yeah, wow. and I would have. I would have. You know, I would have given. I would have flipped her off and dropped the dropped the zippo lighter on the way out you know like that's i mean in slow motion that's not probably. what happened right mm. yeah in slow motion obviously are as i walk away lighters even um, thing in 2021 they are i have one for my pipe no less because i'm a white dude in my 30s with a beard, with a beard. um uh, is, don't co-opt so, zippo lighters bro they're for everyone okay <laughs> zippo lighters are forever look big zippo sees no color is there a is there a god? Thanks. Is there like your belief, like your like to my your core, like I? There's a uh, like a vacuum that's sucking my soul up right now by going through this. I mean, was there? Oh you, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. It was a. It, it was this. I I have I cannot express the amount of internal. I mean, I mean, a literal tension when you think yeah. of the word tension of Eating two things pulling against inside. each other. Yeah, of, of one side of me feeling more fulfilled than I'd ever felt in my mm. life. Um, and another side, knowing that I am 100% going against everything that I have said, mm. that I've believed in, knowing that I am betraying oaths, betraying a trust, and more than that, betraying other people's hopes for mm-hmm. me, you know, family and friends that have invested in me. Like, so like knowing that those, like there's this personal desire for a deep connection that, that resonates from a, from a deeply like just gut interior place that I've never felt before. Com- and, and like that for someone who, who seems to always be seeking that their yeah. whole life, yeah. like to feel a, a, even for a brief moment that you've met it, that you have found that is just, I mean, it's enough to knock you off, you know, just to knock you on your ass. And, but then you contrast that with the other side of this like strong moral compass of saying like, this is who, mm-hmm. this is who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and pulling the opposite direction. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was internal torture for, do you think you for a tripped? long time. Do you think you tripped or were you searching for something? Sorry, I'm digging a little bit here. No, you're fine. I, I wasn't searching for something in the sense of like I was looking for that, like looking to find a relationship that could be better than the one that I was in. Um, In the sense that like I wasn't like, well, I'm married, but this kind of sucks. So maybe I'll find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It was more subconscious. Right. Yeah, it was it was not it was a it was a thing that I and. I try. I take really great pains in the writing to to make it clear that I am not at it, like I am not 
releasing responsibility for my actions and my choices. Mm-hmm. And so to say that it happened to me is way too, um, uh, what's the tent? What am I thinking of? The, the tents where it's like, it the feels like you're releasing tents. responsibility from it. Yeah. You say yeah. That, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, passive. It's passive voice. Like it's way too passive voice to say like it happened to me. Um, I mean, but it happened the way that it happens when you fall in love where you don't, you're typically not expecting that. And, um, and that, that doesn't generally not again, when you're that, married to, especially like right. a young marriage. Yeah. A young marriage. And, and at that time, a marriage where you're not fr- frankly, not in love. Um, and that it, it was, it, it was a, a, not a thing that I was looking for, but I, but I mean, honestly, and I, I think I make that pretty clear. I welcomed it when it came mm. and that was like, I was, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like immediately push it away and say, oh, I need to like find people to help me not. Yeah. Is it, so. is it okay if we double click on that? You, you made a comment there, a, a marriage where you're not in love. Yeah. And you kind of unpack that statement a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I think that I, I don't know what it's like, for instance, in, um, I, I don't know to what extent purity culture is still a thing or it's just a thing that people have lived through and now we're all telling our war stories. Like, I don't know like right. <laughs> to what extent the, the actual act of conflict is still going on. Um, but, y- you know, you are, you are given sort of a, it, it is a, particularly in the Midwest, you're like, well, not only should you keep your, save yourself for marriage, meaning please do, please like whatever you do, don't have sex at least until you get married. Um, and so therefore, you should probably get married young so that you can't, you know, always taking that verse from, yeah. from Paul where I think Corinthians were like, don't burn with passion, right? Like, all right, well, I'm burning with passion, so I guess mm. I should probably get married. Right, um, right, right. And, and I, you know, I have said often, I don't know if I wrote it, but I said it often that um, I think that, that there was something, <laughs> something or someone guiding, you know, the, the choice to, to latch onto and to hold, hold to um Michaela to my wife when when I did because there's some there is a strength in, in her that ended up being necessary at the time or necessary when the time came um and, and as much as I c- cared for her and loved her it was trying to figure out life together being so different and realizing because our relationship was so short from the time that we met to the time that we got married. I mean, we date, we dated for, we knew each other for like two or three months, dated for like seven months, engaged for six, and then we're married. So like, it was, it was a fast thing. I mean, it's like, you're talking a year and a half, something around there, like from the moment you meet to the moment that you're, you know, like sharing, sharing a life together now. And you're like 23 at this age or at this point. I was 20, 21. 21. We were both 21. Yeah. So like we were fucking young. You didn't know shit. We didn't know shit. We didn't know who we were. We didn't know anything about life. And so like most people who don't have the sort of baggage that that you have when you come into with the like religious baggage that we had coming into it would have just called it quits. We'd have been like, look, this is like, we need to stop beating ourselves over the head with this whether you know like she could have said to me whether you end up with her or not like we are not working and we should just be done mm. and that would have been that would have been normal that would have been expected hey speak of the devil what's up you call um, her I devil? Saw, speak of Whoa. the smog <laughs> uh it's, it's a it's a term of endearment right honey correct yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna wave say hi 
Hi, Michaela. Hi. It's not, it's not all my wine. Did you finish it? <laughs> Good. Half of this is for the dog. It should be. You Half of that's it. for the dog. You deserve it. We're just... <laughs> Hey, right, no, she does deserve it. She no deserves different. every glass of wine she gets. Everyone um, does. Everyone. <laughs> that, that Everyone is true. deserves. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, that's... And, and so that sort of... Man, um, not knowing who you are, and then combined with all that, like, how do you... And, and then, and, and then realize, like realizing... It's, you know, you have the whole like opposite subtract and that's a cool thing, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, like, no, I have to live with this person with whom I have almost nothing in common. And we didn't realize that until too late. Um, and that, like, that was, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing else to say other than that it was fucking hard. I know, man. That Paula Abdul is a goddamn liar. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> She had a song called Opposites Attract. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. It was a huge hit. <laughs> Would you sing a little of it? Now first? I know that you're sing too young, Josh, and I know that you're too old, Jeff. No, I know. But Zach it. laughed. Yes. So there we go. Wait, say Hey, again. I, I know Paula Abdul. Well, the, you should have no laughed. Soul. You should have laughed harder because that was a fucking good joke. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Can, can we roll the tape back? Try it again. Hold on. Yeah, we don't do editing here, Josh. This oh, is live. Bad. You need to self edit. No, no. We'll edit that out. <laughs> God damn it. You know what, though? In a way, it's both and because opposites did attract, but she never finished the song, which is the rarely work out. (laughs) (laughs) The attraction happens, but then nope, too much. Yeah, her popularity died before she could put out that second album. I do love how you go into this in depth. And again, you're bouncing between like a chapter of your story and then a chapter like almost like Bible history. You're bouncing around, but... Mm-hmm. I have a highlight. I, I want to read just because it struck me as really refreshing. It's in relation to um, your affair and how you gave you gave that relationship its own credit. And it just struck me as the complexity mm-hmm. of, complexities of life. Like most people would be like, and that was a terrible mistake and nothing good came of it. And like, I, I wouldn't have, like, I should have never mm-hmm. done it. And maybe all that is true, but you you added complexity and kind of like a texture to the experience that was remarkable. So if you don't mind, I'll read a little quote from your book and then, um, I don't know, see what happens from there. Yeah. Uh, so this is after kind of after, I mean, you know, but the audience, you, you, you reveal that it happened and you're talking about, uh, your relationship with, um, the affairy, affairer. Yes. Continue. Thank you. On the, the other person. side of that dark coin, I also experienced a deep, very real connection that brought a great amount of joy, albeit of a complicated variety in a confusing season. To discount or downplay the gift of this relationship would be an insult to its memory. And again, this period coincides with the first extended time of spiritual growth in my life. For once, it seemed I could do more than think about God. I could feel it is neither coincidence that love, forbidden or not, and spiritual awakening could harmonize, not as I long thought, a sign that the spiritual revival was false. In this human relationship, I was met in a way I had never before thought possible, with an immediacy and intuitive intimacy that shook me to my core. In my relationship with the divine, 
I was also met in heretofore unimaginable ways by streams of thought and practice of which I was ignorant until they exploded in my heart with staggering suddenness. These stories entwine each complicates the other. That's, that's, that's a lot. Like, tell me, like, tell me about that. That's you're giving credit to something that most people wouldn't admit to that type of like this, this sort of a purpose. There was meaning in that relationship that probably should have never, ha- well, should have never happened, but right. Yeah. Um, I think that some people in there, some people who, who, um, who cheat, I think their experience simply is boredom or their experience was, um, was just looking for novelty. Um, and, and that's, I'm not here to comment either direction on, on or pain those, or like, yeah, the, or pain. Yeah. The, yeah. There's a lot of things. Reason, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Um, my, my experience was not, it wasn't, I, I didn't find, I, I didn't like, I wasn't out looking for this and then found it um, as much as it, again, as it sort of like came upon me and then I made the choice to pursue it from there. And so I think that to, I, and I have to give my, my editor Kay um, a ton of credit. She's, she's just fantastic and has become a, a dear friend of mine. Um, she, uh, and Michaela's actually like, um, we've had some really interesting conversations just uh, about this whole process. And, and she was the one who really encouraged me to, to keep delving into this more like, and I, I started that. And so like, I kind of opened the door and she's like, no, you need to keep going here. And, um, mm. and so it was not, it, it is again, it, as it says, an insult to the memory of that relationship, because it was a relationship with someone in whom I fell with whom I fell in love with to, to say, um, well, it was just a mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I actually, I learned things about myself, about life, about love, about, about, uh, faith during that time about, I learned so much during that experience that to simply categorize it as a mistake is to say that, um, everything that happened during that time is, is simply not worth the pain that it caused. And I, ca- I just can't do that. I have, I have trouble not being able and and so to um i think probably the best way to sum up this whole rambling thought here is i very specifically chose the very the beginning and the closing mm. epigraphs of the book mm. um so the very very first thing that you see on the book that is 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 text basically and the very last thing you see um the first one is a quote from juliana norwich which says that um uh God's great. Uh, shoot. What does it say? Shit. Now I'm like completely <laughs> blanking. That I'm, That's all right. Reaches up to grab his own book. I do. I have for the listener. Because, he's I, trying, because I can't sell his own book. He is tracking, I am. tracking desire. It says, I have to get past the forward. All right, it says, uh, first the fall, then the recovery of the fall. And both are the mercy of God. And that's a line from Julian of Norwich's Revelations. And then the book ends with uh, a quote from a fairly obscure work by Tolkien that says, uh, things could have been different, but they couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is oh, sort man, of like that his... One's like, that one cuts me to the core. Yeah, well, here, I'll, re- I'll read the whole one because this is, this is him. Mm. It's sort of like his only self-autobiographical work, and it's written at the end of the character's 
passage through purgatory as he's about to be taken on into, you know, uh, in Lewis terms, further up and further in. And he says, he says, but what does it matter? We have lived and worked together now. Things might have been different, but they could not have been better. Do you think that's true? You know, that is that is the line that I wrestle with all the time. Yeah. That is the I constantly ask that question. Do I think that's true? Well, I um, think that's the struggle that we all like. We all in, intrinsically in our core wrestle with with that on big big on the big scale and the small scale of wondering like could it yeah. be better? And ultimately, like you, it turns out, do you, are you a person that believes like grass is greener, or are you deeply satisfied in where things are? Right, and I think that that search for for contentment in the contentment in the midst of a long of an inconsolable longing is sort of the theme of the book. And so that relationship was was at a time when I thought that I had found I had found the thing, right? I'd found the the answer to that inconsolable longing. And it was not. It was a it was a counterfeit, but that doesn't mean that it didn't offer something. And to say that it simply was wrong, period, and there was nothing good that came out of it. Um, is is both an insult to what we have gained and that sort of relationship that I would never trade now that I have with my wife because of those experiences. I don't wish that they had happened, but the fact that they happened meant that I have a relationship that is, I mean, compared to some uh, to other marriages that I see around me yeah. is is kind of unique. Like that, I'm not. That's not better. It's not a value statement. It's just it is unique. Like the way that we communicate is different because of that, mm. and I wouldn't trade that. Um, and she wouldn't either. And I, I, I mean, I know that from years of conversations. Yeah. I'm kind of curious what Michaela's reaction to this would be as well, because yeah, let me, let me put it this way. Like a conversation that I've had with my 14 year old daughter has been, there's a lot of ways for you to learn lessons and right. you can learn lessons from your own mistakes and you can learn lessons from other people's mistakes. And, uh, each of them carries different gravity and um, and each of them ha- carries different levels of pain. So, you know, hopefully you can you can choose to learn from other people's mistakes. But sometimes it's it's going to be your own, and you're going to have to. That pain <laughs> is going to be the way that you that you truly do learn. Yeah, and and if if your receptors are if your antenna is working well, you can and you're fortunate enough you could experience like a level three pain. Someone else could experience like an, a level eight or nine pain, but they could tell the story in such a way that it resonates and that your level three pain then is therefore like, that's that's the cap for you. You get it because somebody else has told their story. It sure. resonates. You go, okay, this is where you could go. And so that's part of the reason I wrote the story. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I, I appreciate you being okay with digging into this a lot because I, I just know a lot of, we have a lot of people that listen to our podcast that are... Actually, we have a decent female portion, according to our Spotify numbers. It's like, (laughs) it fluctuates month to month. Sometimes we're more, we're stronger listeners on the female side than male, which is interesting. I will, Josh, I will say with the, like, this had meaning, um, Mm -hmm. to dismiss it, as you said earlier, and, and this happens all the time, it's like, it was nothing. It was nothing. Oh, so you, you broke my heart for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. instead of like facing it right, like, okay, it's good, Jeff. I, I have done wrong 
and mm-hmm. I did it for these reasons, and it it felt. I mean, obviously, it felt like the right thing to do it in my heart of hearts, and uh, and sometimes that is really hard to hear the absolute truth. But but in that, it's like, I mean, if you're warriors in marriage, it's not something you want to happen. But when it does, you can't just brush it aside and say, "Let's could we move on?" It's like. <laughs> no, let's. The, there's magnitude to this moment, mm-hmm. and and it's it's. I mean, here you are, many many years later. It's like you, you maybe you captured a moment as in a relationship where it actually um, just solidified who you ended up being. And I think that so many couples just quit instead of finding mm-hmm. a way to solidify and know that they're warriors in marriage and in community. So let's drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that, I've been, I mean, saying, that, that's I've been a, saying community a, in my head, like but it's all a, throughout. So but I've been drinking. Josh, it's, a, it's, I, I, I'm not bringing humor to it because I think it's, there's magnitude to that. Your scenario yeah. 10 years ago or however long ago it was. R- right. And, and real, real quick, um, what I was going to say before Jeff interrupted me, but it was brilliant, Jeff. <laughs> You're an asshole. It, no, it was brilliant. It was, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. You should apologize for that later. I already forgive you. I accept Anyways, it. I repent. Um, but but we've got. I don't well, like your hair. I've got Does a great friend that listens to the podcast that cheated on his wife. And um, wait, what? I know that if you just stop talking while I'm talking for a second, Jeff. Why don't you just sit there next to <laughs> plays out. Okay, you talk. I'm going to go get another beer. <laughs> That's the right thing. Here, it's right here. Uh, this is, we're now on to way ahead Beachwood. of you. We've shipped. Oh, gosh. Uh, Josh, by the way, Beachwood is a local brewery. I know you said you've got six breweries near you. We only have like 600 near us because we're. I in, know, I know. You, we're in the Mecca. Yeah. We're right smack dab in between LA and OC. Sorry, LA and San Diego. And don't so call we, it. Don't call it that. Yeah, yeah. LA and San Diego. We have all the breweries. But when you, if and when you have a chance to be in this area, we promise oh, we'll take you out and we'll take you to Beachwood. And it is, it's next level. Yeah, and I we're would, open I would love to, to a beer exchange too. You send us your locals. We'll Ooh, put together a few. Yeah, locals. that's you know what I can handle that. I'm trying to lure him out here. I feel like flights are cheap right now. They are cheap. We can make this Take happen. They are well, let's not get into that. There's a lot of sore there's a sore spot there. We bought um we bought tickets, Michaela and I did to our um to, we bought tickets to Spain, to Barcelona Ooh. last year for three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. And we were like, surely we'll have this under control by May. Yeah. No. Not no. happening. Because no, because uh two weeks to flatten the basically curve, if we yeah, like they're still letting they're still letting people in or they are starting to open up to people in the EU and the UK, but not from America because we suck. We're so. dirty, dirty, bearded Americans. And it, exactly. And if we try to put it off for another year, it'll cost us another two grand on top of that. So we're like, hey, I think uh, we'll just eat those Yeah, we're like, hey. we'll just eat the seven hundred. That would have been very cheap though. That would have been like the steal of the century. It was worth it. Yeah, I mean it was worth it. I mean that's that's what we do anyway. Like a gambler, they're not they're not getting the dopamine on winning or losing. It's the anticipation of gambling, and you yeah. got that. You got the anticipation yeah, get, of a we, trip. And and I've been working on my Spanish, so you know it's it's <laughs> I, I I have been improved as a person through this process. It's a win win. <laughs> well, good news. If yeah. you come out to California, you can continue to work on your Spanish. Yeah, you can do that. There we here. go. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, re- reverting, my I have a friend cheated on his wife, and I just like walking with them through that situation. Uh-huh. Um, I know we got a lot of listeners that are probably in in relationships now outside of marriage that that seem fine, and they're convincing themselves that that are fine. Why do you think we have a lot of listeners who are in that camp? Well, it's, Zach knows one person. I know one so person. That's everybody. Yes. How dare you besmirch the good names of our listeners? I know the, the way these things happen don't happen because you want them to happen. They they happen, and oftentimes for you, it sounded like it, Josh. It sounded like it was a little bit uh, quick, but for this other individual, it's just like death by a thousand cuts. Like mm. you don't realize the small compromises you're making on the way to pulling the trigger on something that could destroy your marriage. And, um, thank the maker. They're, they're working it out currently and seem to be doing yeah. uh, well, all things considered. But I, the fact that you shared it so on here and in your book, so eloquently and just honestly, it, it matters. And I think it can mm. be helpful for people. So Appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and thanks, and 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 you know, the thing is, is like both my beloved Smog and <laughs> this young woman, like they are, they are full human beings, not just my wife. Like they are, they're they're full embodied in people yeah. who have lives, who whose lives and stories matter, and it would be not only an insult to the memory of the love that I truly did legitimately experience but it would be an insult to the human being to say that they like my time with them was a mistake my time knowing them and interacting with them in a particular way like it was all just wrong and so by giving it its full weight that then allows the possibility to make the 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 next steps whatever they may be in our case it was reconciliation like to to make that reconciliation reconciliation be fully honest to say, hey, this like she's she's a real person, a person that I actually did love, a person that I did have a relationship with, that I had, you know, you had all the things that you have in a relationship, inside jokes and all that kind of shit. Like you had all that, and it sucks. Like it, it hurts. It hurts to admit that, and it hurts mm-hmm. even more to the per like for the person that you're admitting that to. Like it, it that's that hurts. Um, but if you can't truly say no, this is really what it was like you don't have it, you don't, you're not really beginning from the beat. You're not starting over. You're starting kind of like you're skipping some stuff. Not being honest and with so yourself. I, yeah. Yeah. And so I think being able to say, no, like this is really what it was. Yeah. And that's why this is going to be a long process. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. So, so like, having, are you sure you want to stick around? So having said that, yeah. what, what has, um, smog, AKA Michaela taught you about God? <laughs> um, I mean, the, the easy answer is forgiveness, you know, and, and redemption. I think that the, the better answer is the slow process of letting thing of letting life move at its own pace. Um, the, that wait, sorry, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what that like means. Like trying not so, to fast forward out of that. Yeah. So, so God, whatever that, whatever that word means, whatever that placeholder stands for, um, lets life happen at its own pace. 
Um, unless you, un- unless you're subscribing to creationism, you, you then believe to some extent the world has been around for a fucking long time and it's going to be around for a lot longer after we're gone before, you know, it's like swallowed up by the sun or whatever. Right. Um, so it's so like in the interim, God, is, the God right, is letting you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God is, God is letting a lot. Sorry. I've been to the answers in Genesis museum in Kentucky. So I know all the things I about still get the their newsletters. And, and we will, talked about right? Ken yeah. Ham on the last podcast. They will not stop. Yeah. That's, the, that's the ark guy, right? He Ken built Ham. The ark. Yeah. Yeah. Ken th- Ham I thinks keep sa- I'm the enemy of his children. I kind of just want to see that ark. It just kind of sounds I awesome. keep telling, I keep telling friends that we need to go to the ark exhibit and like, just bring a flask each and then just heckle people until they kick us out and like see how long it takes. But that's this different topic. Well, rather um, being than a so, dick, you should still just get drunk in the parking lot and then walk through. That is almost as awesome. And then you're not also an, a dick. You got to bring a small barbecue and tailgate. Ooh, cook some sauce. Yes. Level. I like it. Yeah. There you go. Walking through like, Oh my gosh, look at this fucking arc. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. Um, I only measured it in my kid's Bible by how many, um, Cubits. football fields it took up. Yeah. Like well, a yeah. cubit. How many, how many football fields was it? That's what mattered. Is it the um, length of my arm or a is it Andy's arm? 7.5 hectares. What's a hectare? No yeah. one knows. No one knows. It's unknowable. Um, and no one knows what pitch and bitumen is, but make sure you say them correctly when you say them in Sunday school. Pitch and be so, crazy. <laughs> exactly. So, what was the question? Oh, that's uh, uh, Michaela talking about God. Yeah, that's right. Michaela talking about God. Uh, mm. um, this is where the history gets a little no, so, sloppy. You like right? Yeah, and, exactly. Yes, yeah. so the the, uh, the alcohol intake goes You've up. You've only made it through one of down. those pints, though. We're way ahead of you right now, Josh. I mean, I had a beer with lunch and or with dinner, and I'm gonna have one after this okay. here. So Good you know, for you. I've so, got this much left, and then I got to finish. I'm swirling the leaves. Swirl it. Take yeah. care of that, and then you need to. There's definitely yourself. some sediment in there. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. So the question. I'm going to, I'm going to come back with an answer then. Okay. Cause I said something that confused you, right? It was that, what is, Oh yeah. You want um, to know what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I did. So I, hmm. fuck, go get a beer. <laughs> you need a beer. Go grab a beer. I need- we'll fill some space in the meantime. This podcast uh, is we're, so we're on you're, Beachwood you're, Citraholic. So how much more, I, I want to know, like the failure part. Is this failure? Is there something else that's in the, the his timeline of faith and failure? And then I don't know if it's a redemption or. All right, Josh is back. He's got a new beer. What's the beer that you have now, Josh? This is the uh, Ten Speed Mosaic Hoppy Wheat uh, from Bloomington Brewing Company, where nice. I work. A mosaic is- Hoppy Wheat. Whoa. I like yeah, it. So I was with you. Uh, that's like a, that looks like a Super Bowl champions yeah. ring. The yeah. logo. Right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's uh it is let's see, we've got hold it on it still, here. Hold it's, still. There we go. Yeah. Let's zoom let's zoom oh, yeah. soak it in. Oh yeah. That's five, a wow. Five percent alcohol or ABV twenty seven. Five percent. Talk slower. Good. Yeah. God. This is this is this is amateur hour. <laughs> um but it's it's only uses we we use uh, three di- three different um, grains in this, but we only use mosaic hops, and so it's the um, we use like we use the hop back in the brewing process, and so like you've got you know you're you're dumping your bittering hops in before like during yeah. during and then your aromatics, and then and then during the process you actually use whole uh, whole cones yeah. in the hop back, and so it it 
really gets that. Um, and then you, you know, you're dry hopping and stuff during the fermentation process. Zach, are you, of, uh, Zach, are you excited right now? Uh, it's a good thing I'm sitting down. <laughs> Speaking of Air Max, I had a pair of Nike Air Max in high school. Continue, Josh. Were those dry? All hopped? right. So, <laughs> well, how dry privileged hump. of you, those Andy? Are dry hops. I'm dry humped. All, all anyway. my hops are dry. <laughs> <laughs> I have three. I have three kids. We moved here, and I immediately got a vasectomy. All my hops are dry. Nice. Um, nice. That's the right move. So, welcome, yeah, right. Welcome to the club, jo- uh, right? Yeah, Zach's not in the club. I'm single handedly keeping uh, Trojan condoms Cheers. afloat. Cheers. Hey, yeah, shooting blanks. Yeah, yeah, I wish I wasn't, but oh god. Jeff shoots no, dust, no. but that's something he has to get checked out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his own thing. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, that's the noise. That's that's I fantastic. Just a terrible visual. I mean, pew, an amazing pew, visual. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. A- <laughs> oh my gosh! Love it. I don't know what's happening, but don't you guys add, are assholes. You should, yeah. Well, you're right, Jeff. Whatever comes out, don't add water to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god! For the listener, Jeff's posture just totally changed. He's like, <laughs> "Let's get that, let's get that e, All folks." Right. All right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I think you, the question that you asked was good. There is a flavor of this, though. Um, yeah, Zach. And part of me wishes we would have almost like had you grab a second mic and put Michaela on there because. Mm-hmm. I, my my guess is that the listener right now is going like, okay, this is this is Josh's side of the story, and right. clearly there's fifty percent that's like going, hey, at least, yeah, at least like there's there's another part of this story to be told, and what what mm-hmm. that part is like, um, and in the absence of you quickly having a second mic available next is, on Jerry Springer, yeah, right, and and us doing right. a second series, is there a way for you to kind of unpack a little bit or speak on her behalf. I don't know if that's appropriate to say, but you, you, you kind of get where I'm going. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll do my best. And I, I think I actually do say in there somewhere that both, uh, you know, like this is, this is not just my story. It's, it is the, yeah. the young woman's story. It is Michaela's story. You are and, very respectful um, about that. I will say that. It, man. And that was like, it's just, you can't talk about this shit without it, without showing like, this is, um, this other, the other people that were involved in this, their stories, their stories matter as much, if not more. I, I'm, I am not, I'm not the one that made it all happen. And like the, the fact that like the one man in the situation could somehow make all of this stuff happen. He's the only one like that, that in itself is sort of patriarchal. Like right. this, there are other people involved. There are other things going on. Well, you know, um, it's not a so, man, just it's narcissistic to think that one person yeah, well, could of be course, the one yeah. like, yeah, man or woman. Of course, yeah. Regardless, yeah. And so, so for for Michaela's side, as if she were down here, I would totally just bring her over and throw her on the mic. Um, so, and she has talked a little bit about her story, both on on my blog, uh, which is that a thing that you can still say in twenty twenty one, whatever. Not it just, uh, it not just un- happened. Not unless you still listen to Death Gap for Cutie. But anyway, hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, um, it's there, okay. Gold, in gold the Rush back, was there's a. Death Cab for Cutie poster back there. Like it. Nice. Yes. Uh, so, the her experience through that, I think it began as a, this is what you do. You don't quit on a marriage. Mm. 
So that was how it began. Was a was a you you don't quit. But where did like that this. come from? Well, that came from from church, from purity culture, from from her own upbringing of like you you work through the shit. You don't like you don't let it go. Yeah. You you stick around. You figure it out. Um. That that so that that was part of it. As time went, I think it became more of a. Somehow she saw something in me that she wanted to be part of. She wanted to be with. Like you see some, you see things in people. You're like, I want to be that person's friend. Like I want to be, I want to know them better and be around them more. And she, for some reason, saw that in me. And then on top of that, you know, we had a kid. We didn't. We we had one of our three kids at that point, right? Mm. And so the idea of being a single mother at that point scared her. And we've talked since. I mean, she said, you know. Like if this was something that had happened more recently in her life when she had discovered herself more. And, and I, I talk about that as well as like how many how many people missed out on on discovering themselves because Michaela was was had not had the opportunity to to really come into her own um, as the strong, yeah. just amazing person that she is like it, because she is she is such a strong person. She brings out the strength in others. Um, but she wasn't doing it at that point because she was still operating under a different paradigm of, of what it means to be a woman. And so for her, the idea of being a single mother was terrifying. Mm. And so the, you have all the, you have the fear, you have the, the like conviction of this is what you do mixed in. Um, as time went, those things slowly began to soften and shift to a, I actually think this relationship itself is worth saving. And then, and part so of that is defensive. also, at that point, less of like like self preservation, and it's and it shifts to there's some value in this relationship beyond I'm going to be beyond protecting myself from being on my own. Yeah, yeah, and and that so so that becomes part of the thing, and then of course as we in the stories we as we move away from from the town in which that happened from uh, from Indiana actually, which is we live in Indiana now. We were in a different part then, and we were like, man, fuck, we're never going back there again, and now we're here. But we <laughs> moved away. We found a new place to be. We, we started over, and I was still long distance in love with this person, but we were further away, and that made the, the ability to begin not just sticking together because it was what we felt like we should do. Yeah, um, it, It's what morphed it into like, no, actually, this is something worth fighting for and figuring out. And so I, I think that that shift began to happen after we moved for her. It happened sooner for her than it did for me, for sure. And she she is the hero in this, in which the like, at least as far as our relationship is concerned. Um, again, there there is an entire third of this story with this young woman that that isn't being told. Sure. Um, and I think that that's important to recognize. Like she again is a person who is who has a story that is not being told here. As time went, Michaela began to to be able to say hey this is um this is something i want to be part of and continue to pull pull towards me and continue to say like, like essentially continue to ask like are you ready to love me yet mm. i mean she never said it in those words but that was what she consistently was asking me by her actions and by the other things that she was saying and there came a point in which i was yeah and it's she just she stuck her and i don't know how long she would have stuck around i have no idea how long she would have been willing to ask that question well i have a question but, in something you just said yeah. you said there were things that she was saying or things that she was doing that led you to believe that like she wanted to be and i can't remember your words like 
a, like, I don't know if it was like, do you love me or are we, mm-hmm. are you this? ready to love me? Yes. What do you recall her actually saying or doing that you're like, without saying it, do you know literally what those things were or one or two things? Uh, I have a memory of us being in the first house that we were renting in our, when, when we were in Missouri. So this is the, this is where we moved to. We moved, um, to Western Missouri and she asked me one time standing in our room, brushing her teeth and asking me, Hey, you, you know, what, what are you do? What, what were you doing? And like, at that moment I was like communicating with that young woman still like it was i don't know if it was email i don't remember if it was it was some sort of obviously digital digital way but i was communicating with her and like for her that was a way of going okay so you're not mm. you're not all here yet mm, yeah. there's a part of you still there mm. um that's good enough and <laughs> yeah and i i think probably the, the other the other piece of that to highlight um and and i do mention this in the book is there was a moment where we were traveling. So my family lives in New Jersey. Uh, we were traveling from, from our home in Missouri to New Jersey. We spent, you know, some time there and we're driving home, stopped at a, stopped at a town, like a little farmhouse in, in, um, in Indiana. And I remember standing outside and the sun is setting over like the, the, you know, the cornfields cause it's Indiana. And I was holding, holding at that point, my, our, the second of our three children, he was still an infant. And, I was walking around with him outside trying to calm him down and I looked at him and I, and in a way that it just had not before for a a million reasons, the weight of just like where, where we had come and, and what needed to happen next finally Mm -hmm. hit me. And I was like, like, and I saw him and I was like, I cannot allow you to grow up in a world in which I chose not to, not to be here with you every day because I had to be, because I had to do something else. Um, That's great responsibility. And, right. But, but that was, but the thing was, was that was the, the first, the, the first step there was, was towards the children. Mm-hmm. But because of that, it enabled me to then say, to, to then have a clear view of like what she had been offering of herself mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. last couple of years of like, no, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. And Which so is total vulnerability. Yeah, which and so seeing the face of vulnerability in an infant child as you're standing there rec- allows you to then see the parallel, the resonances of that in, a, in an adult woman and go, oh, she's offering this vulnerability to me. Um, and and she said, like, she she remembers that day. I didn't say mm-hmm. anything to her, but she knows, like, she remembers pretty much the day when, like, my aspect mm-hmm. towards her changed. That's a beautiful so, thing. Yeah, it's it's it's... Yeah, it's hard. That's that's a really hard thing. I think that there's a lot of people who would probably feel like they would be uh, totally justified in saying that's the wrong response. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and it says a lot about who Michaela is as a person that she's in a place <laughs> to be able to to offer to even offer that like as a as an mm-hmm. option and to, and what you've described here is to leave that option on the table for an extended period of time. <laughs> you're you're yeah. continuing to have kids together. Like, I don't want to make it too, too graphic here, but like at some level there's, yeah, the, 
Like if you're yeah. familiar, I think you guys are, I, I feel like I've heard you guys mention David Bazan on the podcast before, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm a big David Bazan fan and things that I love about him are, is that he like, he will address in his songs. He's like, although they are fictitious based on real, you know, real life examples of these really challenging, tough, hard personal mm-hmm. conflicts and cognitive dissonance scenarios that we as humans may put ourselves into or experience or just happen across and like it's what we're living in and so to to hear you describe this is like this is this is part of the reason I'm like man it would be great like have Michaela sit down and go okay yeah what the way that you reacted is probably out, it, it feels out of the ordinary. I don't know how many people would be able to put themselves in that position. Not many. And and yes, you should 100% ask her to come on and talk because she's she, would she do fucking that? great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She did an episode actually. So I so when we first moved here like four or five years ago, I did an episode with the Pastards and then they had her on a few weeks later and um, it was great. And I mean, she loves, she has no issues talking about this shit. I mean, both when I was writing this stuff as blog posts to sort of just get it out there. Um, and then when I decided, when we put it into a book, I mean, it was, it was, yeah. this was all with her blessing is the wrong word, but that's for lack of a better term with her. She blessing. was on board. Um, yeah, she was on board and she was there through the process, like making sure or I was asking her, you know, is this representing things well enough? And you were mentioning David Bazan, um, uh, Derek Webb. He has an album called fingers crossed which is just oh, dude. fucking devastating. And um, until that, you listen to I control mean, and then you die on the inside. I dude, I love control <laughs> and it's got top the shape five, note top singing five album. Shape note singing on there is so great. Oh, I love it. Um, I, I could listen to, to sacred harp all day long, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> that's a separate issue. <laughs> um, so fingers crossed is like a, it's funny. It's a, um, it's like it's the sort of album I would it's 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 the sort of book I would have written if I hadn't have ended up getting like if we wouldn't have reconciled. Um and and the faith journey that I experience that I resonate with with um Derek there is is actually very similar but mm-hmm. the the relationship is not the same. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway that I just find that to be interesting that's a very that that album the the lyrical content in that is huge uh, to me yeah. as far as that goes. So Oh man, um, uh, I know we're we're probably coming towards landing the plane, but I know there's got to be. This is gonna be a totally unfair, but you're gonna have to deal with this and just ask <laughs> for. Um, given that our time is short now, and I appreciate you spending so much time on that, and I would love to hear Michaela's side of it. I know I listened yeah. to yeah. that one from the pastors. Gosh, was it really five years ago? Yeah, it was like four or five years ago. My head has, because I've heard you a few times on the Pastards, um, which I appreciate your work there. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I, in my head, like, I married your episode talking about the affair with hers, and I've, I didn't realize they were yeah. separate. In my head now, it's like, oh, you guys were on there together, and you talked about the affair, but I forgot it was separate. It's funny how... No, and they actually works. didn't know, because um, I had only, I'd only known them for about six or eight months at mm-hmm. that point and i hadn't told them that i was going to talk about that until i got there and i was like yeah just so you guys know before this is like before as we're saying i'm like i'm kind of gonna blow i'm kind of like gonna blow mm-hmm. everything up uh, about halfway through <laughs> and they were like oh okay that's great um I know yeah so when one of them says good pod 
Gosh, it is good pod. No, and I, you guys, what I do, you know better. Don't what I do like word. is sometimes we we have people tell their story, or they the, an author comes on and talks about the book, kind of in general. But actually mm-hmm. digging into one piece and going deep into it actually is a much more gravitational pull for you know someone to read something or look somebody else up yeah. or go and listen to somebody's podcast. Than just like, yeah, here's the general overview. It's kind of like uh, conversations that I can't have anymore that are surface conversations. I'm like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. Like, give me something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, pre- well, I and- totally appreciate this conversation here. Thank you. Thank you. I, I This has been fantastic. And I I can say for the book itself, um, my my number one goal because by the time I had written all the the majority of the blog posts about it, like I, I had the, cause I did this like extended blog series and technically, I mean, that's all still up, I think on my site. So, um, you could read all of that for free and read early versions of what became the book, but awesome. So, uh, w- when I was doing that, I kind of got the, the convalescent effect of, of doing the writing out. And so that, that helped mm-hmm. me, but uh, the the book itself be is is intended to be a work of art, and so that's why it is. You know, you kind of joke about it being a Tarantino it. movie. It's it's a, it's very much like a prestige style project where it's mm. like, oh yeah. I mean, I've it's it's. I figure I know this is my first book, and and I hope to do others. And I think that structure is an, is a super interesting super interesting thing to play around with, particularly in in um, nonfiction literature. Because people are used to a very straightforward, like you tell your story from A to from A to Z, right? It's unique, and so yeah, and so I, you know, so I thought, what would happen if we, if I like randomly interrupted the story to talk about my thoughts on, um, you know, the the riot during Vivaldi's the the, the uh, flight of the seasons, or, or <laughs> um, and, or like, what what do we do if we if we stop talking? about my story and talk about the Velveteen Rabbit and then like intertwine my story with the Velveteen Rabbit. Um, or what do we, you know, so, so what do we have to talk about Alfred, Alfred the Great and how like his really, really shitty Christmas tide season like plays into this, you know, you're looking forward to something wonderful and then you're everything that you loved is ripped away from you. Yeah. Um, you know, and people are like, who are Alfred the Great? And I'm like, well, that's because you don't care about English history. Right. So, you know, like these, these things, they they seem to not matter, but I hope that like in the end they kind of all tangle up together by the end, and you go, oh, okay, this this makes sense why this is here and that's here, and um, it's intended to be a work of art, and if nothing else, I would want it to be I, like to me the best the best uh, thing that somebody could say about it is that it was ambitious. <laughs> be like, yeah. oh yeah, that was like a really ambitious piece of art that it didn't quite hit the mark. Like you were swinging for the fences, you and you kind it. of like. Yeah, like you flew out to the like they caught it at the warning track, but <laughs> at least like at least you swung for the fences. Like that's that's fine. But um I I wanted the writing and the craft of it to be as good as I possibly can make it. Not just a like you said, like not just a book where like they're stretching it to make it to that 200 page mark or something. Right, and it's so. it's it's good, and it, once you get into the rhythm and the pacing of it, especially considering it's your first book, um, c- color me impressed. Um, looking, <laughs> this is me drawing on t- on top of you right now. Colored. I'm probably should finish that sentence. Yeah, I'm not colored. Uh, he colored me impressed, and I am impressed. I I, I appreciate light blue hue, <laughs> Zach. Um, now, man, there's so many things. I had a bunch of notes. 
I liked the scare quotes around therapy. You talked about your wife and yourself going to therapy. Um, I like your counseling. next level use of footnotes. Way to go. Way to drop humor <laughs> hey, in the footnotes. We can't. Oh, That's a great mechanism. Not first, many people do that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bros. Bros. We are episode 164. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know we don't have much more time, but uh, uh, I do appreciate the humor. Often it is. I, I imagine Ron Howard from Arrested Development, like... Some of uh-huh. those footnotes where you put a number, if you just look at the bottom, <laughs> you can imagine him being like, she didn't. What or you whatever didn't it know is. is that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some humor in there. And, um, um, but now this is totally unfair. Like I said, I know you've done a lot of shifting from the church you grew up in to where you are now. You, you had faith then you have faith <laughs> yeah. now. Um, you have like 10 seconds uh, what are the biggest, you have more than that, but what, what are the biggest things that change that have changed for you now, even recently, and like a quick catalyst for why that changed? A lot of this is in the book, but Wait, I, I always like, he- I always like hearing that. Like what, what, where are you at now in, in regards to your faith and how is it different than compared to then compared yeah, to when from before before whatever changed, the, before Adam and pick Eve. a big change <laughs> before time. So you know, Josh, ten seconds. Let's just uh, nail this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, faith failure. You know, if we're trying to keep it quick, faith failure, finding God under my feet. So I right. started out with like this sort of abstract faith of this, like these are the these are the tenets, these are the things that I believe. Um, and so when I when I hear uh, when I hear Jesus say that the the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, and then, and the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. I understand that to mean there's a hierarchy to relationships. You love God, obviously mm-hmm. first I love God. And then, and then I have my, my wife and then I have my children and then I have my mm-hmm. friends and, you know, or family and then friends. And, um, I understand that differently now because I understand that to, in order to, to, I can say that I love God until I'm blue in the face, but until I show that I ha- love my neighbor, until I show that I love the world, then that all the rest of that is worthless. Yeah. So my it absolutely like the victory sign. I'm like, yes, it fucking, that is it, it. it just fucking means it literally means nothing. You can write all the theology you want about what God, about what it means for God to be love. And, um, but until you actually do love the rest of the world. And by that, I mean, literally the entire world, you are not, um, you can't like, I, I refuse to believe that you love God. So Josh, would you sign Um, up for the, for the statement that how you love God is how you love others and vice versa? Yeah. 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 That you can't separate those two. Yeah. Um, you can, but they mean like they're they, they have become meaningless statements, or at least the the loving God part becomes meaningless because again, you can't prove that God exists, but you can prove that your neighbor exists. And so, at least assuming we don't live in a simulation, and so and I, and I think that um, if like, you unpack and if you unpack what he's what he says in the Bible, that's where he's heading. That's what that's yeah. That is the statement well, and that I he's think, giving you. That's the that's the. I logic. think particularly. And I think particularly in the gospel of, of John, we're looking, when you look at belief, you're talking about something much more active than the, the intellectual furniture rearranging that people tend to give it. And so when I talk about finding God under my feet, I think you have to look at where is your entry point for loving, where is your entry point for loving others? For me, it was nature. I, I, my entry, and I, and I discussed that like in the introduction of the book, like I have a moment when I'm, when I'm visiting Ireland where I find thisness, I find 
nearness. I find this the Zainzut, right? Um, I don't that's know that what word, the, but it sounds that's the German. That's the German word for for an inconsolable longing, for mm-hmm. desire, um, for for this thing that you that like makes your heart ache to long for. And the point of it is to continue longing for it, to continue looking for it and to never find it. Uh, yes. And that's in America. We call that. Do you like it hard or do you like it so hard? Exactly. And so (laughs) so the thing is, and what's interesting is actually reference a, uh, a, because, because this, you know, this is a a legitimate book. I referenced some scholarly article about how America, (laughs) Americans don't do Zenzuk very well, but Germans do. Um, because this idea of of longing, they just have a word for it. Yeah. Like they have for everything. Um, and so they, like, there's this longing. And so finding God under my feet is finding God in the entire world around me. And, um, and so for me to, to therefore love the world around me, then allows me to see the people as being the people around me as being part of that world. And then mm-hmm. maybe if I'm lucky, I'll finally start to love myself. Right. Um, and, and in the process of that, I can then love the God that is infusing and, and suffusing this entire world with God's self. And so then you're actually taking Jesus at his word. You're taking whoever wrote Colossians yeah. at their word about Jesus being the one that sustains all things. Um, the Christ, you know, f- fulfilling all things. And, and I think that, um, to me, that's that's the end point is that you you step into this wide open space of no longer is God inside of the walls, but the whole point is that God is outside of the church. Like the the whole point of going there, the and I have this, and he's this, inside the church, right? The whole point is that he's inside the church, but the, and but, outside the church, yeah. And so, like, I had this whole, like, my, all of my students will joke about, like, still today, if you talk to them, like, what's the one thing that Josh always talked about, they would say Eucharist, because for me, when I was in ministry, it was about this, this moment, like, I recognized, again, and this, maybe this is a good way to tie everything together. Historically, the church has always centered everything around the Eucharist. I mean, you can go back to the Didache, which is one of the oldest writings we have, where they're talking about, like, they have this whole long section about the Eucharist and celebrating that. And as, as this bread, which is gathered from the hills and has been brought into a unity comes into us and then is scattered amongst us. Like we have this belief that God is somehow in this, this bread and wine. And I mean, for God's sake, literally, if we can find well, God in bread and wine, believe that. yeah. But the thing is, is like, if you can find God in bread and wine, if you can somehow manage to squint your eyes and kind of, you know, stick out your tongue and tilt your head to the side and see God in bread and wine, you should be able to see God in everyone else. And if you can see God in the people around a, you. Yeah, but you're kind, you are kind of, I don't want to get hung up on this. I'm sorry, man. But are we getting, are, are we going to start on Trent? I know, I know, <laughs> but, but, but that it is intended to be a representative, not the exact, Shut up, not Scott. the exact, unless you are Catholic, which we're, are we, then, are then we going to get into aqua? Are we going to get into Thomas philosophy and discuss the accidents versus the properties and well, we whether or not? Well, we should be careful that we don't blanket statement every single uh, person who uh, subscribes to a Jesus as their savior as all all no, aspects no, no. of communion this is are my... directly trans- translated. Like it is the b- blood and body of Christ, right? That no, no, no. This is this is my this is my own journey of yeah. of coming to see coming to see divinity somehow in some way. Um, whether that's transubstantiated or consubstantiated or not substantiated at all in the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the bread and in the wine, like we, we can, yeah. some, if we can, if we can squint and somehow see divinity in something as simple as bread and wine or crackers and grape juice, like surely, surely if we can do that, we can then see divinity in the people around us that are taking that with us, receiving that with us. And if we can see that, 
then we can then see it in all the people outside of that building. And if that's the case, then maybe we don't need the building anymore unless we just are really bad at remembering. And that's kind of where my next stuff is uh, is going. So Yeah. I like that. Maybe we can have the building and also recognize that it's not just yeah. about the building. Yeah. And there's a lot like if there's a lot that's, if that's possible. Of those, there's a lot outside of those walls too. If that's possible. That's that's a different historical argument that we can get into. Different podcast. This is a different podcast, you're right. Um man, so before we leave, uh, which which one of the Polly brothers do you love more? Like, if love God, love oh, your neighbor, shit. and if they're your neighbors, like, there's a hierarchy. We're going down. Matt or Brad? Oh shit! Matt, I love Matt. Brad, I, you with us? I love. Okay, they're okay. I love with us. Go ahead. I love Michael Basinger. <laughs> All right, nice. There. nice. I, <laughs> that is inside inside baseball. Uh, yeah, that the, is very inside. There's baseball. a little bit of crossover. Um, I thought you yeah. were going to ask him which bro he liked best. Yeah, well, we'll get there, Scott. <laughs> right now, he hasn't uh, he hasn't heard from Scott, so it's probably Scott. He's gotten us. It so. can't I mean, be Scott. Zach, but Zach sent me beer, so oh, oh yeah, a cut above. Also, in case Matt hears that Matt Polly, sorry Matt, I I'm supposed to be sending those guys beer. Uh, I actually talked to him. I'm like, I got this beer. Do you want some? He's like, um, yeah. And that was before you reached out to me and you got the beer first and I still haven't sent it to them. Suck it. (laughs) Suck it, Matt. Suck it, bastards. But I appreciate you being on here. There's so much more I want to go into. Thank you so much. Um, But one one thing we like to talk about is like what you're consuming, uh, pop culture, media. Is it okay before we do that? Like uh, what's uh, one more time? What's the book title and where can people get it? Good call. Uh, Tracking Desire, a memoir-ish walk through faith, failure, and finding God under my feet. And uh, if you just look up Tracking Desire on Amazon, it's going to show up as a bird-watching book first, and then awesome. mine, unless unless you get a romance novel first. So it'll be somewhere in there. Even better. Um, Joshua Casey, but it's, yeah, It's under Joshua Casey. Joshua Casey. Sure. It is under Joshua Casey. You should. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, which is where, <laughs> which is where I self-published it so um technically i get more money if you buy the kindle version but i would honestly i I recommend buying the uh the paperback i i've priced the paperback really cheaply because it's it's just it's it's a lot of pages but it's really beautiful and i put a lot of work into like making and i have a local artist that did the cover and like you should get the paperback i don't really care it's it's like sense a difference so that's cool the paperback is cool so buy that um yeah so that's where you can get the book. And uh, hey. I, I consistently... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Drunk Ex-Pastor. Or Drunk Ex-Pastor. That's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Drunk Ex-Pastors is a different podcast. Wow. <laughs> drunk, drunk Church History. Drunk Church History is the podcast where uh, hopefully this week I'll, I will finish editing and releasing um, the second part in our ongo- in our beginning ongoing series of uh, the history of, of Christian sexual ethics. So the first one we did, I listened to yeah. a little bit of that today, yeah. Josh. Yes. Yeah. So the first one was about the context of the Roman empire in which ch- the cr- church was born. The second one is going to be the context of uh, Judaism in which the church was born. And then we'll be moving on to kind of apostolic fathers, early, early patristics on into like late antique fathers and got some really cool guests lined up. People who actually know their shit as opposed to me. Which is exciting. That's cool. Nice, and yeah. a lot of people like sex. So that's they do good. like sex. Yeah, and and it's cool to hear that the Romans, you know, they adorned their houses with lots of uh, um, 
lamps that look like dicks and things like that. It's kind of cool, you know? Oh, that's our cold <laughs> open. That's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things we like to close with is what, what are, are we consuming? consuming? Which what are you is, consuming, Zach? Which is like pop culture, music, show, TV, movie. What's what's grabbing you right now? Hmm. Um, so I'll let you think about that. And as I think about it, what are you consuming, Andy? Oh, man. Such an a-hole again. Dude. You had yours loaded. A lot of beer, actually. Uh, probably too much. And it's contributing to like the last time I said, which uh, the in the last podcast, I'm I'm trying to hit 200 pounds right now. I'm really trying to. I'm focus. catching up with you. I'm trying to focus on. And Jeff is hot on my heels. I'm gonna get you. He's eight inches <laughs> shorter on. than me. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying. No, I feel like I've been. I make up for it in girth. Yeah, I, I, because other than scrubs, there hasn't been anything else. Um, and typically, it's a lot better since I've I've plowed through that book when we were camping. Anyway, I don't have anything else. That's good enough, it's Jeff. Beer. That's great. Uh, the young pope, new pope. I finished the whole thing. Do we do last have we figured night, out which did ones, that last time? Which one's three a.m. Jude Law, then John Malkovich. Jude, Jude Law. Law comes back. Nice. It's fantastic. It was the first. Right. the The young pope with Jude Law is biblical, and it brings to light like how Jesus would live. Like we're going right down this path. There is, I'm not going to veer from this path and there's some flexibility, but in the end, um, that sounds like that's in conflict with what you just said. No the sentence before. Wait, what? This is the path. I'm going down this path. I'm not going to straight, but there's also this other thing. That no, 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 no. There's this. I'll listen. <laughs> I, I, Shut I, up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scott. Scott sent me that text to say to you. Uh, so it, the, uh, uh, the new Pope, whatever, the young Pope <laughs> with Jude Law is fantastic. I'm going to start a series called The Middle-Aged Pope. And it's it felt good. He and buys a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what kind of baller Pope are you? Well, <laughs> Wait, have you seen yeah, it? That sounds about Josh, All of the Popes. <laughs> yeah, good point. Have you seen the yeah. young Pope? I, I haven't seen it. Okay. No, I need to. Well, you know, watch Ozarks first. Um, yeah, he's It's right. a good that- lead in. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, fantastic. And it's subtle. It's not one of those. There's a little bit of sexuality, but I was I was happy that there was no, there was really no cussing. There was a little sexuality and it really just got to the point of this person who is the Pope and who is very driven to not listen to anybody. And when they're like, you're taking the whole Catholic church down. It didn't feel like a hit piece. I'm like, I love, I love the shows like that, that have characters that are like, I'm not going to listen to anybody. And I know I'm right, but they don't say that, but it all turns out in the end, like, wow, how, how did you know? Jeff Was likes this, the IDGAF shows. This wasn't about Scott. I am God. I don't listen to anybody. <laughs> That's where it ends. I don't uh, give a, and I know I'm right. What are you consuming, Zach? Thanks for asking. Oh, uh, now I, that you've thought about it. I've been working my way through Zach's, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Good. Yep. And uh, I'll be done by Christmas. Yeah. Um, that's a series. I'm that's scary. a long-ass movie. I am enjoying it a lot more than the original, the one that made it theatrical. But this thing's like four hours and 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. it would be a two-hour movie if they eliminated all the slow motion because there's so many just like gratuitous John Woo slow motion. They don't have any doves though. Uh-huh. That's also a timely reference. John Woo. Who, yeah. Who remembers that guy? Hey, that's MI2. 
Nice. In your what? So he's an old soul. Mission for Impossible. Sure. Yeah, in my two. John Woo. Oh, in my two. I thought you said in, I like I in my two. Like oh, as in your M- top two. M-m-m-m-m-m-m-m. But no, uh, it is not in my top two. <laughs> I think it's, I, uh, shamefully, I think it's also face off. So you have to that to deal yeah. with. Yikes. You need, <laughs> you need to, you need to okay. reconcile that shit. <laughs> but uh, that movie is simultaneously, it's better than the original one. <laughs> And also, having said that, it still solidifies me, solidifies my opinion about uh, Ben Affleck as Batman is terrible. Garbage. Garbage. There's and only Christian Bale. I blame the director's choice, but Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, they just have her in slow motion kind of looking concerned and pensive this all the time. the second time you've mentioned Gal Gadot in yeah. as many episodes. He's like, I love and Gal Gadot. I'm like, she's French. And he's like, no, she's from Israel, gosh she darn is it. from Israel. Okay, people, the listeners are pulling their fingernails Facts out. Facts matter. Anyway. The poster that you have in your house now I could, is making me concerned. I could do without a couple of, <laughs> I could do with a few less Gal Gadot. Okay, we know there's trouble ahead. We, you just go fix it. Quit like pausing in slow motion and looking concerned. What should I do? I did notice the Wonder Woman poster above your toolbox in the garage. That felt oh, weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by, um, Ezra, what's his face doing? Uh, doing the Flash. Yeah, I was not. I was not prepared for him to be a good right. Flash. It was it was actually really. I I was very impressed. Yeah, well, and I'm enjoying. It. I'm like I said, I'm probably an hour away from finishing it, but that's that's the nature of having a family and you know professionally yes. podcasting and all that stuff. You, it comes in spurts, doesn't it, Andy? You do what you can. Um, you all, right, all right, Josh. Stay up until two a.m. You could finish it all. What is Josh? Oh, oh what the, what's oh, happening? Man. We're not going to hit the post on this one. No, we're not. I'm going to take care <laughs> of this. On. Hold on. That's all right. The jo- listener won't hear oh. that. Josh Casey, what are you That's consuming? Hilarious. What am I consuming? Well, um, I let's see here. TV wise, we are very slowly. Michaela and I are very slowly working our way through uh, the Americans. Oh, so, that's oh, good. Man, that I first episode that. is gnarly. Yeah, so so we're very, I mean, in like glacial pace because that's just how I watch TV. Uh, uh, it drives her crazy. She watched she watches three shows for my for my one. Um, as any easily. good eight would. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I should hang out because that's how yeah. I'm like. Let's watch the whole series tonight. Yep. Yeah, like it took us it took us a year to watch, or it took us three years to watch Bad Men. I think <laughs> maybe maybe more. <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad news. Uh, it was so good, it's such a good show, and I want to watch it again. But I'm like, it'll never happen. Right. Um, so, so we're we're currently watching that. Uh, we actually, before I got on, uh, caught up on John Oliver. We will, that's our that's our Monday night. Normally, is we watch mm. comedy, so we'll, like political comedy. We'll watch John Oliver. We'll we'll catch up on any Stephen Colbert or um, that, that that sort of stuff. On that's just kind of what we do on Monday right on. nights because he's Catholic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because Josh hey, is on the left. Technically, <laughs> technically, we're Episcopalian. Okay, so we're Catholics. On, we're Catholics on the left. That's what we are. Yeah, uh, well, she. I, I don't. I don't go to church anymore. But she does, and we're we're Episcopalian. Um, they didn't want me to be a priest, so I don't go to, to their church anymore. Uh, that's a different story for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the last part One, of a chapter. Two, in three. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see, and I am also consuming lots of beer because I now work at a brewery. So I get I get home every day, and I'm like, you know what? I worked hard today. I deserve a beer. You deserve. Oh, yeah. so, Everyone does. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah, 
So I'm I'm drinking that. Um, I actually like minutes before finishing this podcast, I finished a book that I've been working on for about a year, which was a uh, Walden by Henry David Thoreau because I like reading dead people. Mm. So mm. like it's kind of weird to think like to think about finishing a book that is sort of like in the canon of great American yes. literature. Like minutes before you talk to someone, it's a very weird experience to oh like to think about that. I've been spending a year reading that just very slowly. Um, and I finished that and that is, it, it was great. It's, it's, it's a classic. And let's see, lastly, uh, I just recently finished reading cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Mm. I don't know if you can, I don't, yeah. I don't have, yeah, my we see that. Up, so we see yeah, that you yeah, bought yeah, it so from target. I did. I buy it from target. I did buy it from target. Well, goddamn. Um, so <laughs> I know even at 43, my eyes are that good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or their branding it's, it's is that good. A, if you're going to read a book on on the history of race in America, don't let it be white fragility. Let it let it be this one. Um, it's it's just it's a completely different way of looking at how it's con- completely different paradigm for race in America is is looking at it from a class perspective. I, per- um, I appreciate and, that and cast. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fantastic. So and uh, yeah. I've been listening to Nick Cave's Carnage album a lot. That's my music. All right, hold so. hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Last question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on Maybe hold on. it's Nick Cave. Nick Cave, but uh, um, my last question. I know you're, this. One. You're walking into the New Jerusalem. You get a hype person on your arm. Who are you bringing in, living or dead? <laughs> and what are you listening to? What's your playing music? Just like in the MLB, <laughs> when they get their song that they get to walk up yeah. to the plate. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we you know what? We just bought a PS4 and I've been playing a lot of MLB the show. So the Royals are doing really well this year according uh, to me. Which so they are in real life wait, as well. Are you a Royals fan? I'm a, f- a big Royals fan, oh, man. Right Grew up in that whole area. I've been a Royals yeah, yeah. fan forever and are ever. Are you kidding me? You just wore a Dodgers shirt. Get the fuck talk out of here. I grew up in <laughs> Omaha. I grew up hey, in Omaha. Hey, those are they're NL. They're NL. It's okay. Nah, um They're winners. It's okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah, right. We, we look good so far. Um, you can't Looking have good. We do look good so far. We have we got nine wins this early in the season. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know what we <laughs> played the race tonight, but I don't know what, how we're doing. You know what, Jeff? I've lost. I know, best. right? For real. I have a I have a, a steak I have a steak dinner bet between my friend and I, who he's a Reds fan and I'm a Royals fan. We were supposed to win close to the same amount of games. Race whoever the wins the most. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, whoever whoever wins the least uh, has to buy the steak dinner. So, nice. um, hype music. Ah, oh, goddamn. So, hmm. You can't say the final countdown. Everyone says the final countdown. I can't countdown. say the final countdown. So but now I, that's in your this head. Is, You're welcome. This is okay, so so this is one hundred percent not me. Like Ooh. like any uh, any other day of the week, this would not be my answer. But this morning I went I drove into work listening to X gonna give it to you because oh he because gosh. DMX died recently. <laughs> and so like I have been like DMX has been on repeat lately. Oh, and so wow. like so that song is my just because. Wow. And and I recently I finally got Smog to watch Deadpool with me. And so <laughs> so like that's has that is not like like i if i'm listening to rap yeah exactly yeah and if i'm listening to rap it's gonna be like 90s rap like uh like nos and stuff like that so that's that's like my yeah there we go (laughs) keep going i'll just live which is like like this is not like if you had asked me any other day of the week but today that's what i listen to oh that's so, great anyway oh my gosh no. so, so if in? i were to die today that's what that's what i would be ushered okay, and, in with and who's on your arm yeah who's on your arm who's walking, who's walking in, in with in? you oh god damn 
Tolkien is walking out to walk me in. Wow. Oh, he brings someone out of the dugout to come with nice. him. <laughs> I like yep, that. They came out. I like well, that. I don't want to make someone else die to bring me in. That seems a little, you know, harsh. <laughs> That's true. That feels a little selfish. All right. You yeah. Raise, you raised an ex- excellent point. Yeah. DMX <laughs> is coming up. My eight-year-old wants Eminem. And uh, then it's like yeah. Eminem radio on in the car, and then DMX. And then you're getting DMX off. Yeah, of everybody's coming up. And my I'm ten like, year, my ten year old loves Eminem, and I'm like, all right, you know, do we want to talk about like that's yeah again, that's a whole other podcast. Right. That is, yeah. although we tr- tried to introduce our daughters to um, Jurassic Five the other day because we wanted them to be really cool for right. underground hip hop. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, that's deep cut. Anyway, Josh, thank you so much, man. This yes. has been a great discussion. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for, for yes, just been... sharing about the, the the book and your life and the podcast. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to Josh Casey. Well, you know, <laughs> let's not go too far. <laughs> and DMX. I mean, mostly it's really about <laughs> And DMX. Mostly like DMX. DMX. No one saw that one coming. <laughs> and, and God's butt. Uh, and... No, just a just little bit. A little a bit little. of God's butt. Yeah. A little bit. Little I, little bit. I took a mental note of that uh, time time stamp so that we can use that <laughs> later on. <laughs> How do you think Perfect. God's tan lines are for like if you see God's well, butt? Is like, that a comment on my tan lines? Because I yeah, say terrible. I heard about the tan line. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. terrible, dude. God's God God definitely has a working man's tan line. That's for sure. That oh, sounds right. Sure. I appreciate you, man. You're making the world a better place. Oh, thanks, guys, so much. Um, hey, thank you so much. Looking forward to what's next, and and hopefully this won't be the last time we talk to you. And appreciate uh, you've been on Inglorious Passwords multiple times. We and, don't mention yeah. other podcasts. Basically, basically, when they have no one else to show up, they ask me because <laughs> oh. that's really all it is. I live right. 20 minutes away. That's the only reason. <laughs> right. Oh, nice. Now you had you had a lot. And the book is well written. It's worth picking up. And go ahead and leave a, a review on Amazon.com or whatever if you buy that book. And then also yeah. for, for us, uh, Bros Bibles Beer, at Bros Bibles Beer everywhere, and uh, Bros Bibles Beer at gmail.com and rate and review us. Leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash BBB pod. And make sure you get to Zach's Twitter question or yeah. whatever he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing this week. Nothing this week. <laughs> it better be something. But come on. Tell one other person this week about this podcast. And the best way to do that is just do that little share button on Apple Podcasts, if that's what you use, or Spotify, or whatever. It's like Friend Sunday. And just send, yep. just text it to them. That's the way to do it. If there was something that you thought that was interesting that a friend of yours would like to hear, text it to them and send them this uh, podcast. And, uh, and then that's the way that we get to share the love. And we think it's a good thing. And we hope yeah. you do too. So thank you for listening to the greatest alliteratively named podcast that starts with a B in the history of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Bros, Bibles, and Beer. And thank you, Joshua Casey. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Been great. First, and I still haven't sent it to them. Suck it. (laughs) Suck it, Matt. Suck it, pastards.